KG, and this is not safe for networks. Welcome to Montucky Skies. I'm Biggs. And I'm Brandon. And I'm Mitch. Mitch is our buddy. Uh, he's actually going to sit in an upcoming podcast. We'll give you details when it's actually ready to go out, which is going to be a little bit, but we'll get there when we get there. <laughs> so get used to this voice. <laughs> um, so we're going to do our top 10 movies for the year, and we'll get into that when we get there. But first, we're going to cover a little bit of news, a couple of reviews before we get there. Um uh, Brandon, are any of your reviews in your top 10? No. Okay. <laughs> Why don't we just start out with that? What you got? All right. The first one I watched, and I, it's a two, 2017 release, but I hadn't watched until a couple of weeks ago. It's uh, Valerian. Okay. So you're. Th- I think you're the first person on the podcast who's actually seen this movie to talk about it. <laughs> Have you seen this, Mitch? No, I haven't. Um I've heard mixed mixed reviews about it. I mean, I heard it's out, it's obviously visually stunning. Yeah, um, that's what I will say. Yeah. The the one redeeming quality on it is is just it's beautiful. It's like a high definition screensaver. Really? <laughs> and it has about the yeah. the downside is it has about as much depth of plot as a high definition screensaver. <laughs> 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 like everything else about the entire movie is fucking garbage. Yeah, yeah, that's what I heard. I heard um um, who's the main actress? Kiara Devine. Yeah, oh, yeah. Her and um, the other um, lead actor didn't have like a very good chemistry. The plot was patched together. Yeah, the the male lead on that yeah. has the worst deadpan voice. I mean, he's right up there with Stephen Wright. And <laughs> yeah, I, I thought it was odd seeing him in that role because he doesn't really like have that kind of main heroic kind of feel in his uh, other movies. What other movies are he in? He's more he was in uh, A Cure for Wellness is the other one I oh, okay. know of. I haven't seen it. but I want to say, was he in um, that, that Chronicles movie? Mm-hmm. And he, he, he was the one that ended up going a bit, a bit crazy. Yeah, and he, I mean, he delivers one line. It's like, I think we should get married. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's a good I mean, actor. It, I just think the wrong it's role It's like, oh, it's just terrible. Just, just terrible. Just terrible. And the costumes are, like, fucking bizarre. I mean, they make the Fifth Element costume design look normal. Okay. (laughs) So, don't watch Valerian. (laughs) Yeah, if you want to put something on in the background, kind of like a Christmas log sort of thing, (laughs) it's great. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it may be worth it just for for the visual aesthetics. I mean, it's been an unheard amount of money on the movie. Um, I know it didn't do too well on the box office either. It was based off a French comic book too. Um, I know that. I I mean I'm not surprised with that at all. Cause, I mean graphically it looks just great. It just the terrible. effects are pretty cool. Yeah, I mean there's a lot of CGI in that. Yeah, it's pretty we, much like all CGI. 
Yeah. From, I mean, what, it, from what it looked like. Yeah. From, from the trailers. Yeah. Luke Besson movies kind of always bizarre. So yeah. you just, you don't know what you're going to get. Like I watched Lucy. I've had two years to digest that movie. I still don't know how. Yeah, I feel Lucy was about so it. bizarre, man. Yeah, that was that was weird. That really lost me towards the end there in that movie. Yeah, there was like things I really liked, and then I really wondered about the end. But it feels a little vapid to me when I think about it. Like there's a lot of cool presentation of ideas, but then I don't feel like it really followed through. So, yeah, I think even the Fifth Element, like objectively, wasn't a phenomenal movie it just like when it came out it became such a cult classic like i i love it mm-hmm. um you know you had um um it was, it was so new and fresh and bruce oh. willis yeah <laughs> i mean yeah we well, yeah when, when it came out you know there wasn't many movies coming out like that and it became a cult classic um it definitely came out at the right time yeah for sure yeah for like it, to it was right in that time where where like a bizarre movie like that could actually gain an audience like uh I, I feel like that was right around the time when like Requiem for a Dream came out, which we were talking yeah. about earlier, and like uh like I think Pi was around there too. Like so you have like weird Aronofsky movies that are like actually getting people to pack in. People are starting to watch Tarantino, which is like a new voice and like it was like right during that Miramax kind of era where you had like a lot of unusual stuff. Yeah. But, you know, I think a lot of the visuals from the fifth element still stick around. I mean, you can kind of see the same tone in uh, Thor Ragnarok. Kind of has the same visual yeah. look to it. Definitely. So, I mean, I think it's made its mark on things. Well, what else did you see? Uh, the other one was uh, Jim and Andy, the Netflix documentary. Okay, I can't remember if we actually talked about this on the podcast or not, but I actually watched it as well. No, I we uh, this first time I remember us talking about. Yeah, it. it's weird because it's it's this documentary on uh, Man on the Moon, uh, where Jim Carrey he actually had a documentary crew following him around. And then the studio was like, we can't put this out because people are going to think you're a total asshole and we have to sell this movie. And by the way, he was a total asshole on that movie. Like he just became Andy Kaufman and Tony Clifton. But like it was he was making everybody's lives very difficult in the process too, like unnecessarily. And it like there was parts where the director's like, hey, I need to talk to Jim now. And, you know, like Andy Kaufman was getting like. He he's like thinks he's Andy Kaufman. He's getting like really mad about it and saying like insulting Jim Carrey and stuff. And like it was just like it was unbearable. And when he was Tony Cliff, when he was dressed as Tony oh, Clifton, good Lord. yeah, he's just raising hell. And he like went to Steven Spielberg's office and was yelling at everybody in Spielberg's office. It's amazing Carrey never like was in a Spielberg movie, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then he what, what was the other one? Oh, he went to. uh the play well he didn't go to the playboy mansion it was the other guy uh the name totally sketched and dresses tony clifton right oh bob zamuda bob zamuda that's it yeah yeah who is famously andy kaufman's partner who would also dress as tony clifton so that when people thought it was andy kaufman it was really it was really bob zamuda half the time but it was just like he was acting like such an asshole. And like I feel like this is a movie where like that broke Jim Carrey. It's just everybody didn't catch on to it yeah. until lately. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it was it was really strange because I mean once once they finished rapping Man on the Moon and they started doing the post sequence and getting ready to 
um, publish or not publish, but like spread word on the film and do all the press stuff. I mean, he was completely done with it. I mean, he, they wanted him to be in the REM video, uh, the great beyond. And he's like, I can't be Andy Kaufman anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like, so he, he's sitting there talking about how he just didn't want to be a movie star again after that. But I feel like that was a bit of revisionist history. Cause he did like, he did those two Dr. Seuss movies. He did like, uh, he did that that night before Christmas where it was all super CGI'd yeah. and motion capture and stuff. He did like that Burt Wonderstone movie where he's like this douchebag magician. Oh god. Like uh Chris whatever that guy's yeah, yeah, Chris yeah. Angel. Like he did a bunch of stuff after that. So it makes me think like maybe his career just hit a dive bomb and he wasn't able to but I don't know. It does. It did feel like he was sabotaging his career during this movie. It's a. It's a really interesting look, and it, like it's fascinating whether you like Jim Carrey or not. Yeah. It's like it's a fascinating documentary. So, um, well, I got a little bit of news here to get to, and then we're gonna do our top ten movies. So, um, John Williams, uh, just it was just announced that he's gonna compose for solo a Star Wars movie. So. He's done every episode so far. Now he's doing the Han Solo one as well. I don't think he did Rogue One. Yeah, I don't think he did. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah, so you can tell they're really trying to go for like a Star Wars kind of retro feel to it. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm I'm happy about that. Like I thought he did a pretty good job with the Last Jedi with the with the composing. So, but I mean John Williams, he's like kind of the go to for big movies, right? Yeah. <laughs> like it's like either <laughs> him or um, the guy who does. Uh, the Batman theme and Danny and Elfman. No, no, that, that's that's the older Batman theme. <laughs> I don't feel like Elfman gets a ton of work anymore, but I'm sure he still does stuff. Um, God, I can't think of the guy's name, but anyway, uh, so that was kind of interesting. And then Mark Hamill. So we were having some um discussions. I know me and Mitch talked about this a bit, but yeah. we were also talking the podcast about Mark Hamill kind of talking about um how he didn't agree with the direction of Luke Skywalker. And like a lot of the stuff I saw, I thought was taken out of context. Cause I heard like complete thoughts that he would do in interviews. And then they'd like cut it down to him criticizing. But the stuff I'd always heard was like him criticizing. He didn't like the direction, but then saying like, but then I saw what he was doing and kind of rethought my approach or like that. It's this other person who's handling it. And then it wound up being a pretty good thing is what I kept hearing him say. So he put out a tweet that said, I regret, regret voicing my doubts and insecurities in public. Creative differences are a common element of any project, but usually remain private. All I wanted to do was make a good movie. I more than did that. Ryan Johnson made an all-time great one. So if you have any questions on how Mark <laughs> Hamill feels about it, I, I, you know, at this point, he didn't have to put out that tweet. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> the damage is done, you know. So <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but anyway, um, let's move on to our top 10. So this list, I just want to be very specific for people at home. If you don't hear something that isn't included on the list, keep in mind these caveats. These are the top 10 movies that each of us have seen that we like. We're not saying like that the whole public needs to get into this list or that um, or like that stuff we haven't seen shouldn't be on the list. For example... From all accounts, Phantom Thread should probably be in my top 10. Has not come to Helena, Montana. So until it comes in two weeks, three weeks, I think it's three weeks it comes here, 
I will not have seen Phantom Thread. So it's like stuff like yeah. that. Like just keep in mind, this is our top 10 for shit we've seen and everybody has a life. And like, <laughs> you know, but uh, so I was trying to think of how to do this and I know we're going to have repeats for sure on our list. So do we want to, the first time we hear a movie come out, you want to talk about it. And then if we hit it a second time, if you have additional thoughts, cool. And if not, we can just move on to the next one. Sounds like a good plan. Okay. Yep. All right. Let's go for it. Uh, who wants to start? You want me to start? Why don't you start? Okay. So who talks first? You talk first? I talk first. <laughs> <laughs> Little Force Awakens drop there. So uh, my number 10 is Spider-Man Homecoming. I just love this movie. I thought it was great that they were able to find new life in Spider-Man, bringing him over to the MCU. And his solo movie did not disappoint. I thought it was great. It was my favorite superhero movie of the year until more great superhero movies <laughs> came right. out. So uh, it definitely, and I have a lifelong Spider-Man fan. I thought this blew all the other ones out of the water. So, and it's not just like visually, which it does, but I thought the story was really good. I thought above everything, they got the character of Spider-Man right, as well as the character of Peter Parker right, which I feel like Sam Raimi's Spider-Man's got Peter Parker really right and Spider-Man close then Amazing Spider-Man did not get Peter Parker right at all, yeah. but Spider-Man was pretty close, right? Yeah. This one like nails them both, and I think does a better job at both than either of the other two dudes. So I really loved this movie. I thought it was great. I thought Michael Keaton's take on the Vulture was fantastic. Um, I just highly recommend this movie. Um, anybody got anything to add or want to throw out their number 10s? Uh, I'll put out my number 10. Okay. My number 10 was it. Okay. Um, and when I wrote my list, it was just basically 10 movies I could remember watching more than anything. <laughs> I actually went to the internet and looked up like every release in 2017. I didn't, I didn't do that much homework. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like 10 ones that actually stuck in my brain. So, uh, and the way I penciled out the list, it came in at number 10. Um, I thought it was, done really well I mean it kept really well with the the actual storyline so I mean it I thought it was done well there were parts that were really interesting and, and I'm looking forward to seeing this, the next couple movies how about you Mitch what did you have at number 10 um, number 10 um, and of course you know there's a few honorable mentions but um, that you know didn't make the list, and I haven't had a chance to see yet. That would that probably would have made it. But. Why don't we do something weird and do the honorable mentions at the very end if we have time? Okay, yeah, definitely. <laughs> this one was almost an honorable mention, but um, since there's a few movies I haven't had a chance to see, which probably would have rounded out my top ten, um, I'm going to throw John Wick out there coming in at uh, number ten. John, John Wick, Wick two. two, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, you know, I think it did a good job expanding off the storyline of the first movie without you know getting too crazy. The, in the both 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 movies, and I guess you know the second movie um, um, extended it from the first one. Is they're just choreographed so well, the the fight scenes and the action scenes are just so clean, so smooth. Um, I really like the whole concept of this universe of underground spies. It's really cool that they played off of. Um, I kind of got this feel with the second movie too. Um, um, for those of you who haven't seen it, I don't want to really spoil spoil anything. I won't go too deep into the storyline, which there isn't much of. <laughs> which I also, which I also kind of liked. They, uh, I mean, um, it knows what it is. Yeah, it knows what it is. I think Keanu Reeves had like three lines, all of which were just 
I can't even recall, but um, you know, it had this kind of like video game feel. He's going to like different levels. All these people are trying to kill him, and he's just like fighting his way through New York. Um, I believe is the, the the city he ends up in, and um, yeah, I mean, it's just a good movie, man. Um, it plays a wide range of uh, a, a wide demographic. You don't have to be a movie buff to go see it and enjoy it, but if you are a movie buff. You're not um, going to be like super let down. I mean, I think even uh, critically, it got like 85% on Rotten Tomatoes or something like that. Um, which, I mean, for a good movie score, of this genre. Especially for an action movie. Especially yeah. for an action movie. And, I mean, you know, there's not just, there isn't really any just pure action movies that are out now that um, are very, in, are, are any good, really, um, to go see. So, yeah, that's going to, that came in at 10 for me. So, have you watched any of the John Wick series? No, not yet. Wait, you, I, you haven't seen any? No, and it's oh sad gosh, because man. we did we did a the show called Box Office Battle where we would pit movies against each other that were forgotten or uh, underrated or something else. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> uh, box office bombs, and uh, we would we would each come up like two of us would come up with the movie to pit against each other, and the third one would judge. And I went against John Wick. I think with Kung Fury. And Kung Fury won, but like I meant to watch John Wick and I just never got around to it. But I kept, especially with the second one, I kept thinking I need to watch this because people keep talking about yeah, it. Well, every time I, and I haven't seen either of them either. And every I'm betting between and the three of us, we've seen every movie that needs <laughs> to be seen. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's one of those things like I keep watching it, but I see John Wick 2 everywhere. Like it's on a couple of stream platforms I have and, um, and I, I'm like, I don't want to watch it till I watch the first one. And I can't find the first one anywhere. Well, definitely watch the first one for sure. I feel like it would be sacrilegious to watch the second one before the first one. Yeah. Um, but no, yeah. I mean, I didn't see the first one until I, th- I think I was over at a family member's house and he got a red box and it was John Wick. Never even heard of it. And it starts out just like pretty, like any like lame kind of movie would. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be terrible. I'm going to have to sit through this horrible action movie and i think like 10 15 minutes into it they just go for it and i was like oh my man I, i'm pretty sure i didn't hear any dialogue for like 40 minutes but i was like man this is <laughs> this is fucking great like i'm i just people die the, for no reason like it's 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 good man like i've heard from more than a few people that the real secret to john wick is that they got the best like six or seven stuntmen in hollywood yeah, and then there was like scenes where He's like fighting Yakuza's in the first one. And I did see the scene in like a breakdown for how they did it, which was really fucking cool. I got to say, which made me want to watch the movie. But they showed like you would have like a stuntman like run up and like do some martial arts thing and get their ass kicked. And they would like roll under where the camera was and like put on a wig or something, something that made them slightly different and then run back into the camera frame. So there was six of them, but they made it look like there was like, like 50 people that he's fighting and i was just like that's really fucking cool because you just use the best stuntmen over and over and over again but and i think the last thing i'll say about it is um it's really fucking satisfying like everybody you want to die dies everybody who's a shithead dies like it's just a satisfying movie man every every thing that you want to happen just does you know you know some movies you know they try to be a little too arty like uh now we're gonna like you know, leave it hanging or like, you know, go the other way, like not be predictable. Like this one is satisfyingly predictable. Like, yeah, that's fair. Dude, if it's done well, it doesn't matter. If it's done well. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, my number nine is Wonder Woman. I was talking earlier about how oh. Spider-Man was my favorite superhero movie. And then, oh, did you just, did I just break your list, dude? No, I just, I remember a movie that should be on my list, but it's not. Well, try and make the correction. The I honorable guess. mentions, man. We're going to do honorable <laughs> mentions at the end. Throw it in there. Anyway, uh, I thought Wonder Woman was great. It was nice to finally see a Wonder Woman movie and have people actually like turn out. And uh, like it became a story, something I was worried about actually became a story, which was that they were doing less showings in the opening weekend because DC didn't have faith in this movie and Warner Brothers, specifically Warner Brothers, didn't have faith in this movie. And people fucking turned out and showed when you're not servicing somebody, yeah. like when you actually give it to them, they're going to show up. And it was a fucking good movie. And I've heard complaints about the end because it, it becomes so super powered, but I actually really fucking dug the end because I'm like, she's basically a god and she's fighting a god. I want god shit to happen around. (laughs) And I was really happy. I went with my girls and my wife. And like, honestly, I was like, my daughter knew Wonder Woman a little bit because Mm -hmm. we like watched some cartoons with the Wonder Woman. But like, I was really the only one who really knew anything about Wonder Woman. And like, like, so I was like, we had like one and a half Wonder Woman fans going in, like four fans walking out, like just a fucking fun, like really well done superhero movie. That uh, battle scene where she like crosses the ditch, uh, the no man's land yeah, in World War. That was one. really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was I th- mad. I think that was probably the best fight scene in a superhero movie this year. Like and of yeah. which we had a lot of good superhero movies. Like I felt guilty putting so many on it, but it was a fucking it was a great year for movies and it was a really great year for yeah. popcorn flicks yeah, too, sure. you know? Yeah, it was. And Wonder I was just Woman that today too as well. Like the all the big blockbusters like really hit the mark, you know? Like Yeah. They're really good. Yeah, and the independent movies often. have really hit the mark too. Like the ones that are really good, you know. It's just been a good year for movies, but I'm really happy that like Wonder Woman was just fucking done with the reverence that it deserved, unlike all the other stuff in the reboot yeah. of DC. Even Justice League, which I liked, like fell short in a lot of ways, you know. This one just fucking delivered and I was very happy. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It took me a while to see Wonder Woman. Um I only saw it a few months ago. I was on the plane flight back. I was living in Australia, back to uh back to the States. And I was killing some time and I I mean I know it got like great reviews and I kept hearing about it. But I mean, I was just, I was so, I've been so scarred by DC <laughs> for so long. I was like, man, that I'm, is fair. Like, dude. man, I know it's good. I'm going to watch it when I just have nothing else to do. And, you know, on a 20 hour plane flight, I guess I got around to it. But I mean, yeah, I mean, the list goes on. I mean, Batman vs. Superman was awful. Like, yeah, I, as soon as Nolan stopped doing DC movies, it was like, it was kind of a shit show for a little bit there. Yeah, man. Yeah. And then yeah, I was just, man, I was so scared to go into Wonder Woman. And I was like, man, like, I don't know. I mean, just but um, yeah. Went in, watched it, and it was a it was a phenomenal movie. And like you're saying, the fight scene when she's going through the through the trenches in World War One. Uh, man, I'm a huge fan of any stop slow motion fight scenes. Like, I mean, it got pop- populated in the 300 movie, but I mean, it's dude, I fucking love it. I mean, give me a slow motion fight scene, I'm into it. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> so in that way, you're into Zack Snyder's vision. <laughs> <laughs> that and that only. <laughs> no, nah, but Wonder Woman was a was a was a great movie for sure. What do you got at number nine, Brandon? Number nine, I have Bright. And if you want to know my thoughts about that, you can just listen to last week's podcast. <laughs> yeah, we just covered that one. 
Dude, I just watched that movie. Uh, it was good. <laughs> what did you think? You got any like um, critical analysis of it? Man, I think it's a super cool concept. Like, it was basically like watching Lord of the Rings in like modern day Los Angeles. Um, yeah, you're basically saying what we said. Yeah, like, <laughs> like that's what it was. I mean, you know, I mean, it was corny. Like, it's not something you would watch. You know, if you really want to like get introspective or dive into like any sort of like. It's a good turn you know, off your brain movie. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, I mean, I mean, it's good. I mean, they did a really good job with the with the characters, with um, with the with the costume design, with the whole like world they created. Um, it was cool. I recommend it definitely. I mean, it's on Netflix. Check it out. All right, what do you got for number nine there, Mitch? Um, number nine, I'm gonna go Blade Runner 2049. Um, the movie was visually stunning. Um, obviously, I mean, I think uh, you know, um, they did a good job. Um. I'm deepening and expanding from the storyline of the first Blade Runner, um, which was a, one of my favorite movies growing up. Uh, idolized Harrison Ford. Um, so it was also cool seeing him. Um, I mean, he didn't, he didn't play a huge, huge part in the movie, but... Uh, but he's playing Decker, right? Cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he plays Officer Decker. Um, no, good uh, good overall movie. Um, again, you know, like there wasn't any crazy like world-ending plot that he was trying to solve. He's just kind of like... Um, he's a um, he's a uh, Ryan Gosling plays a plays a replicate. Um, in the, in the movie, he's just kind of like going through the movie, trying to trying to find himself. Um, he has like these dreams, these visions. You know, he, he thinks he might be like half human, like which I mean, spoiler alert. You know, like I won't go too deep for uh, further. He than is that. though, right? That's no, no, no. Have 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 you seen it? No, not twenty four. Oh man, well, I don't want to fucking ruin it for you, but all right, dude. Well, it's really I do, good. I do got to know something, and I'll just throw all out right. spoilers if they say anything here. So if if you're worried about twenty forty nine, I guess like scan ahead for a second. Yeah, I gotta know. Do they reveal if Decker is a replicant or not? No, they don't reveal if he's right. Yeah, well, um. Wait no, he's not. He's yeah. He's not for sure. Okay. Yeah, for sure he's right. not. We got for that's, sure that not. was always what I thought. Right, but yeah. there was mm-hmm. always that question yeah. whether he was Those a replicant theories, or not. Yeah, yeah. yeah, for sure. Not just a fan theory. They they sort of seeded into the movie. Yeah. Like uh, there's definitely a question of like, are you sure that you're not a replicant? You know. Yeah, and Ryan Gosling. I don't know how he does it, man. I feel. I swear, every movie I see him in, he says like fucking ten words, but like he's just a great actor, man. I'm a fan. Yeah. Dude, the notebook, fantastic. Yeah, the notebook. Man, <laughs> I know Talk we have to laugh. We That's all have there, to man. laugh when we say it, but it's like is is one of my favorite movies. It's a good dude. movie. It's so man. Good. I've it's never a, seen you it. really want to get in touch with the emotional side, man. Throw it on. Like. You should watch it with your wife. Like I'm not even kidding. Like watch it with your wife and you'll be holding each other crying and then like you'll make love all night. It really is just a good movie. <laughs> Cuz she'll be hot for Ryan Gosling by the end. Dude, <laughs> another movie Ryan Gosling was in which I saw for the first time a while ago which was surprisingly good. Maybe it's cuz I thought it was going to be shit. Um I forget the name. It had Steve Carell in it. Um Ryan Little Gosling. Miss Sunshine. No. Uh, uh, Ryan finding Gosling? a friend for the end of the world. No. Um, what's the other girl? Oh, I know the one you're talking about. I don't know. Um, the name. They had Emma Stone in yeah. it. Um, cause that, don't they say something about like, fuck, uh, doesn't she make some comment about Ryan Gosling's body? Yeah. Uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. So he starts like dating her <laughs> and then Steve Carell's like recently, like kind of like divorcing his wife and it just ends up being like a really good movie. The ending, it's like, it's unpredictable. Like you think it's just gonna be like a shit oh, little kind of like love, that. love story. It's called like, <laughs> 
I don't know. I, I need a fucking. I'm just gonna Google this. Okay. Do, did it. we all get our nines in? Yeah, we did. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, my number eight is uh, Logan Lucky. It's a good movie. Yeah, I really I like Logan Lucky. So underrated. I guess it barely made its money back in the theaters, but like it had already paid for itself before it even hit the theater. And then like everything on video is is fucking gold for Steven Soderbergh because he independently did this. So this is the first movie he's doing independently. He's got a couple more that he's doing and like trying different things. But all that aside, it is essentially a heist movie that takes place in the South where they're robbing uh, NASCAR. It's fucking hilarious. The cast is like all these A-listers that just fucking bring it and are so excited to be in the movie and they all do a great job. Channing Tatum does his best acting job like ever. Like he's incredible. Yeah, it looked really good. <clears throat> like he absolutely holds it down for like be acting opposite of like Daniel Craig, who's hilarious in it, like so funny in this movie, and uh, just so effeminate, but yeah. not effeminate. Like just the way he plays it is so interesting. Adam Driver, yeah, he's so deadpan, but it so fits the character. Yeah, and it's it's like Adam Driver just does a spectacular job in the movie. Holly Hunter is great, is like a a person who's like hunting them down and like never really gives up. And it's just, it's just everything about this movie. I love, it can't really be spoiled because it's a heist movie that you've seen a million times, but it's just every element of it is done so well that it just should, it should be seen like it's Soderbergh just just fucking doing Soderbergh. Shocked to like watching, like there's no way these people are going to pull this off. (laughs) Yeah. And I love that he has the list of everything to remember for the highest. And one of them is like crumple up the list because shit will go wrong. I think it's like (laughs) something like that. And uh, everything goes wrong. Spoiler alert. (laughs) But they pull it off at the end. It's just it's really great. It's it's fun. It's probably the most fun movie on my list. I got to say of a lot of fun movies on my list. This is the, the most fun, I think. Now, maybe second most fun. It's close. It's probably the second yeah. most fun, but we'll we'll get back to that. All right, Brandon, what do you got at number eight? Number eight, I got Justice League. Okay. Um I I thought it was a lot of fun and I'll probably watch it again, which I can't say for a lot of the DC movies of as of recently. They did try really hard. <laughs> They tried really hard. They tried really hard, guys. <laughs> That's another movie I'm afraid to see because of DC letdowns. <laughs> but it's better than other ones. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's not as good as Wonder Woman was, but not yeah. even close. Not but, even half yeah. of what Wonder Woman was. <laughs> and I have a yeah, terrible so. habit, which I need to get out of, is checking movie scores before I see the movie. Well, and I've gotten to like just completely ignore movie scores. I look at it afterwards. Yeah, right, definitely. Yeah. But it's like I, as soon as I see a movie score, I instantly go in with like, you know, like expectations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That can like make movies better sometimes. Though. Sometimes, yeah. I think we're talking yeah. like Fantastic Four when I went to go see it. I knew it was going to be a shithole because it was like an eleven percent. Yeah. When I I walked in to see it opening day and it was eleven percent, and I was like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> and it was dropping as I was like, <laughs> I looked at my phone. There was nobody in the right, screening. Right for sure. Yeah. And I looked at the phone like 
towards the end and realized it had dropped down to like 10% and I was like Jesus it's getting even worse (laughs) at least people were actually watching like oh this is dog shit so I was able to like digest it as like not the worst superhero movie I've ever seen but I think if I wasn't mentally prepared I would have thought it was the worst superhero movie I've ever seen yeah for sure Uh, sorry who's number 8 were we on that was my number (laughs) 8 okay what do you got Mitch um, number eight, it's uh, came in tie. I couldn't really decide either Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two or Spider Man. Both, um, you know, blockbuster Marvel movies. Both really enjoyable. I'd say uh, I'd give Spider Man the edge a little bit, but um, okay. Um, I thought Guardians Gal- the uh, Galaxy Volume Two was great. Again, I mean, I feel like um, that core group of like lead actors just have have really good chemistry. It was written really well. It was colorful. Um, you know, did a good job. Just kind of playing on the Marvel universe, um, kind of expanding on, um, uh, the storyline, Christopher Pratt's, you know, dad and whatnot. Um, Spider-Man again was also great. I think Tom Holland is like, like you're saying, the perfect Spider-Man. They did a great job with him. He's energetic. He's outgoing like a Peter Parker would be. He's kind of like young, um, a, a colorful movie as well. You know, the comedic, it was really funny. Um, so do we just cover your number seven as well then? No, nah, no, nah, they're both my eight. Oh okay, <laughs> you have an interesting way to. I got another one to throw in there, so but I just wanted to get them both out of the way at the same time because they're like pretty, they're pretty close. And I have so many Marvel movies and superhero movies on my top ten. It's like might as well just get them out of the way, dude. This was a great year for superhero movies. No, we had like sure, five yeah. great superhero movies and like one good one. Like <laughs> I don't think we yeah. had a bad one all year. Uh, maybe I'm not remembering something, but um, another thing I'll say about Tom Holland too is he was like a like a super talented gymnast. Which I feel like helps just like add to like the fluidity of like his Spider-Man character and some some stuff he does. Like I mean, no, I know it's obviously CGI, but it's still his movements and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Um, which which I think was really cool as well. Okay, uh, so for number seven, I got Thor Ragnarok. This was as I've been sitting here since I've seen it, and I still feel like I might need a little more distance. But at this moment, I feel like it was the best Marvel movie that's come out so far. Yeah, I agree was, with that just fantastic it was hilarious everywhere it was sad when it needed to be sad it was very quick to lift you back up like i think everybody walked out of the theater with the smile that i know of um i don't know of anybody that hated this movie that saw it like it was just fucking fantastic at what it did was which was just be funny and entertaining for two hours so highly recommend thor ragnarok what do you got for number seven brandon number seven i have Kingsman 2, The Golden Circle. Okay. <laughs> we were just having a yeah, little bit of yeah, a Kingsman sure. chat yeah. before you came in. Oh, and because I was going through, I, I was going through a list that popped up on Facebook. It was like the people remaking a bunch of movie posters for throughout the year. And I, Kingsman 2 was one of them. And I was just like, God, I want to watch that movie again now. Because it's just watching some of the fight scenes and just like some of the absurdity that they had like yeah. throw into it. I mean, it's reminiscent of some of the old bond films where like this shit really doesn't happen like this, but yeah. they, they put you in a place that you can believe it. Yeah. So, and the humor in it is really fun. Yeah. yeah I think that's another one of those movies that's really satisfying to watch as well. Similar to like John wick, like everything you kind of like want to happen kind of does. <laughs> it's choreographed really well. I kind of likened it to like a uh, like a very adult version of Spy Kids, like like <laughs> like the, 
<laughs> the absurdity reminded me of like Spy Kids. But... Spy Kids plus anal sex. Yeah. <laughs> 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 no, you... but yeah, yeah. I definitely think that was an underrated movie too, too as well. Um, um, I, yeah, I definitely really enjoyed it. it what good. do you got at number seven there, Mitch? Number seven? I'm going to go with Okja, a Netflix original. Ah, um, uh, yeah, yeah. By the guy who did uh, the he did Snowpiercer, Snowpiercer yeah. yeah, which is a fucking great movie. Which is a great um, which is why I'm gonna watch Okja at some point. I just haven't yet. Bong Joon Ho is his name. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. So Okja takes place in South Korea. Um, man, just it was written phenomenally. It was a um, visually beautiful. Can you give us a quick breakdown of the plot because I don't think we talked about that one on this podcast yet. So it takes place in like the relatively near future. There's like um um there's like this corporation, this food corporation, kind of like an industrial farm corporation that figures out a way to genetically modify a um type of animal similar to like a pig, but crossed with like a cow. It's like huge, it's giant, it's really easy to genetically modify them, but they're kind of trying to figure out a way of how to sell that to the world and still like and get them behind eating like a genetically modified kind of like animal so instead what they do is they say that they discovered a new animal and their babies and they went um and those they had like a farm in all these different parts of the world they they got like eight of like the best um livestock farmers in the world and they're like and we're interesting these livestock farmers with this new animal we kind of discovered um, we're going to have them raise them and there's going to be, because was it discovered or a genetically modified? Well, so, animal? well, no. So this is what they're telling the public. It was, it, okay. they genetically modified them themselves, but, um, and they said, um, oh, you know, and it's over like a 10 year span. So in 10 years, it's going to be a 10 year long competition in 10 years. We're going to get back to it. We're going to see who wins, whatever, whatever. Um, and then they have some like national geographic guy, like some kooky guy, um, played by, um, Jake Gyllenhaal, which I'm a huge Jake fan. <laughs> yeah. love, love Jake Gyllenhaal. That's what we've established. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so anyways, um, so then they revisit these farmers and basically it kind of goes with like within that 10 years, this girl, you know, like you know, 13 or so younger girl in South Korea, um, living with like her grandfather. She's who her parents had died. Um, and she just builds this bond with this creature. I, f- I forget like the exact name. They, oh, they call him like a, the name they gave him was like a wonder pig or whatever, but it's, it's like huge and she, but it's like super smart, super intelligent. Anyways, basically they put on this whole facade, this whole show for the public to say like, Oh, and then, but really what they're doing is they already have millions of these, of these super pigs genetically modified. They were just trying to like ease it into the public. So then they end up taking hers, which ends up being like huge or whatever. Like she, like she wins the, so-called quote-unquote prize like she would have won so they feel like a prayed for it but then she realizes that they're just taking it to some factory industrial farm and she sees just like how they're treating the animals so basically it's like a big play on like the like what's actually like um like industrial farm like 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 industrial yeah. farm yeah it's basically like food ink or like cowspiracy like but using like a fictional story like it like after i watched the movie i was like fuck man like i think i should go vegetarian <laughs> like i don't even want to eat a pig anymore like that shit was so fucking sad but it was um man they did it, did, it does a great job juggling tones like it's it's funny jake gyllenhaal's character is funny quirky crazy um it's adventurous it touches on social aspects of like corporations marketing um it really hits all 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 all, all aspects of um that i'm looking for in a movie that's, that's great highly recommend it watch it yeah fair enough <laughs> 
Uh, okay, so that's like two Netflix movies that have hit her list. <laughs> like, if if yeah. anybody had any doubt about Netflix, like spending so much money on on uh, independent releases, yeah, you know, they're, Dude, they're yeah. I know the that. the one you just mentioned, um, and I was totally set to watch it, and uh, I think I came here to a podcast one night, and my kids and wife watched it, and so it was one of those things that was. I think it's sort of heartbreaking at the end. Dude, it is very fucking heartbreaking. And so they didn't want to watch it again, so I haven't seen it. <laughs> yeah. It is it is emotionally fucked. Yeah, it's, my mom it's sad, man. Or my mom. My I think w- at the end it turns out kinda kinda okay, but my wife got through like a third of it and got super sad and wouldn't watch it. And so I never I never got around to watching it because I was gonna watch it with my wife. But yeah. I knew what it was about. So you know, and and I'm one of those guys. Like, if somebody directs a movie I really like, I'll always give them another shot. For sure, yeah. So like and Snowpiercer I mean, was fucking amazing. So. Yeah, and Bong Joon Ho. I mean, man, he just really hits mark. Snow Snowpiercer too. You can go back to the societal aspects it hits as far yeah, as yeah. It's like basically the everybody who's divide. left alive is on this train that circumnavigates the globe, and like it it, it takes a year for it to do a complete circuit the same time all the poor people are in the back of the train and all the rich people are at yeah. the front of the train and, and each car represents this... a different class of people like the super rich yeah like... so there's all this like subtext if you're looking for it but if you're not looking for it it's, it's so fucking it's amazing action movie, action yeah, movie yeah, as well good. yeah it's super also kind good. of also pretty fucking twisted too i remember watching that like holy shit that's fucking twisted man okay so at number five i have We're number six we're at number six. Yeah. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6. You're right. I numbered these backwards. So See, I, I have a list that goes 7, 6, 1, 8, 5, 2, 9, 4, 10. Because I wrote like 10, 10 things I could remember and then ranked them. How's your list look, Mitch? Is it numbered correctly? Dude, my list is not in any particular order. <laughs> but as I'm reading them off, I'm just kind of thinking like... But uh, I'm like, I know we haven't really seven. ranked num- my number six yet. So. Okay. So number six, I got Baby Driver. Uh, I have been singing the movie's praises until Kevin Spacey got in trouble. And then I've been like quietly loving this movie. Um, Here's the thing. It would be higher on my list, but the Kevin Spacey stuff creeps me out. So I'm the same way, man, for sure. But at the same time, it's a fucking great movie. And Kevin Spacey is only in like 15 minutes of it. (laughs) So, yeah, I think so. He's, I think he's only in like 15 minutes, but it's just, I'll just lay it out. All this movie is, is like, it's an experimental movie that Edgar Wright did where it's, it's, basically a a big heist movie that turns into a revenge movie that everything is scored in a way with rock songs and r&b songs i heard it was scored amazing never ever seen before to like to the degree that they score it you have never seen it looks like a spike jones video yes the way it's shot yes yeah, but not a weird Spike Jones video. No, like, like, a, a, like a really Fat Boy Slim sort of Spike Jones movie. Well, not not like a weird Fat Boy Slim. <laughs> so I heard the way that what, what I mean, like weapon of choice, yeah. sort of like. <laughs> but he flies in that. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> I was, uh, like everything's grounded in reality, yeah. but at the same time, it's like the way that they fucking sing things. Like, like there are times where you like you have a drum beat and they're like firing the gun to like 
crazy fills to the snare drum and stuff like it's the level that they fucking use the soundtrack is incredible and i it's one of those things you just have to experience it's it's impossible to describe aptly you just have to experience it it would be a great action movie without the fucking soundtrack and then when you put the soundtrack in it it's like an all-timer it's so fucking good yeah well yeah i was reading um something uh something on it um where you know like a lot of movies the soundtrack and the music is played towards like the action or what's going on Mm -hmm. but this movie the action stuff it was directed and scripted towards the music yeah there's no way it could have been done without that like yeah it's it's just fantastic yeah so yeah so yeah well definitely all about the score they even go to a point where the opening sequence is baby walking down the street and he's got his uh headphones in and he's listened to and i don't know the and artist. he has the driver baby uh, his name is baby and he's a driver <laughs> uh he's got tenonitis tinnitus which is, or tinnitus sorry tinnitus which is like explaining why he always has headphones in mm-hmm. it's to block out the ringing in his ears yeah. so there's even a reason why they have the soundtrack yeah. but he's walking down the streets with a a thing of uh coffee like a four pack of coffee and he's listening and just kind of like dancing, walking down the street. But he's going like by like a, an urban area and there's like graffiti on the wall. But the graffiti on the wall is the lyrics to the song. Yeah. yeah. And like, beginning. or like he'll walk by like a board for a bar that like come in and have a beer. But instead it's like lyrics to the song or just you have to look for it. But it's and all there. The one thing this movie suffers from, other than Kevin Spacey, <laughs> Kevin now, Spacey. is like the stupid title, like Baby Driver, is like hard for people to wrap their to heads behind, around. Yeah. But the baby thing is important that you have his name, Baby. I don't want to give it away, but like there's a whole Quentin Tarantino esque conversation that can't happen unless his name is Baby. And like it's definitely something that like Edgar Wright was thinking about and was like, I would love to put this in a movie and yeah. it's fun to listen to. Just fucking check out Baby Driver and just hold your nose when Kevin Space is on the screen. <laughs> Once again, like fifteen minutes out of like an hour and a half. Like yeah. you can still get through it. Yeah, I definitely know what you're saying. I feel the same way about House of Cards. I mean, it's a phenomenal show, but it's like ugh. Yeah. <laughs> like I feel like I can't like it. It's similar to um man, what was the director of um Oh man, what movie? What was that movie with Powder? No, um, with Adrian Brody in it. Uh, the Pianist, I'm pretty sure. So, oh, yeah. uh, Roman Polanski. Yeah, yeah, like objectively a phenomenal fucking movie, like way up there. But yeah, a lot he of, had some weird. A lot shit of Roman Pol- Polanski movies are pretty good, but goddamn, yeah. Roman Polanski yeah, is an God. asshole. Yeah, yeah. his fucking yeah. Was he like dating some girl or who's like thirteen nah, he, he or something? Raped or? like a was it fourteen like year old girl? Was it like statutory or was it like actual like rape? I, I think it was a little of both. Little column A, little column B. Either yeah. way, it's like man, I can't yeah. watch that movie now. It's like well, well, fuck. Yeah. Um. We really brought it down. Brandon, what do you got at number six? <laughs> number six, I got Guardians 2. Okay. I mean, yeah, anything to add just, or... you know, I thought the end scene where they did like, uh, I mean, there was a couple of scenes that I fucking loved in that movie. Yeah, for sure. The the title sequence where they're fighting the giant alien. Yeah, Big so fucking good. action yeah. scene. Great action sequence like in the background. The baby crew dancing. <laughs> so good. I thought was great. Um, uh, 
And then like the uh the scene with uh fuck. Uh oh the very or the Yondu scene where he's like just walking through his ship whistling and murdering yeah. everybody. <laughs> yeah, that was brilliant. That was so good. It was so great. And then the the last scene where or one of the last scenes where they Yondu gets his uh basically Viking Viking funeral. Yeah. And they stay like burn him and his ashes go out and form an arrow. I thought was fucking great. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah, the ending the way they tied that in with uh, was was so good. Okay. So I I just love that movie. I mean it it wasn't as good as the first one, but it was still a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun, man. It would have made my top ten list in a typical year. I think I think my biggest knock on it and I think it may um I think I think maybe could have been better than the first one, if not for this, and this is just like my personal opinion, is uh I didn't like how like the main fight at the end with the with the villain, his dad or whatever, um like he wasn't like a tan- like it wasn't a tangible fight. Like I hate when they're fighting yeah. some sort of like like he turned into like some like space dust or whatever, you know? Um similar I mean it just brings me back to like the fucking Green Lantern movie. Yeah. Um, when he's just kind of fighting. You know, it's know it's exactly really hard to do something like that. And you touched on Green Lantern and then uh, that was probably my number one rank on Doctor Strange when he's fighting Dormammu. I mean, it, yeah. how do you mm-hmm. How do you fight something? It was similar sort of because yeah, it was sure. fun the way, but the but the, it was. I mean, it was made that great is what they were doing with all the buildings and shit. And yeah, like, yeah, and, and yeah. having them in the time loop, I thought yeah. that was a really fun way to. But similar, to have yeah. Like fighting. I get what you're saying, yeah, for sure. But yeah, I definitely prefer like a more like tangible villain, like something like some fist being thrown or something, you know. What but do you, what do you got at number six, Mitch? Um, at number six, I'm gonna go split. All right, let's split. I mean, I feel like. Mitch saw my honorable mention. <laughs> no, it wasn't even my honorable yeah, it was like mention. A bottom it was of the list, well, this is the thing. I had 34 uh, 2017 movies that I'd seen. Uh, 31. Were those ranked? Because I'm pretty sure yeah, I saw I ranked them all. Baby Boss over Split. Yeah. I enjoyed Baby Boss <laughs> more than Split. I haven't Sorry. seen Baby Boss, man. But I haven't seen Baby I'm Boss. Judging, I, I got to be I'm honest. Judging pretty hard was, right now. Out of the 34 I've seen, I, I really liked 29 of them. Um. I thought man to like four of them and I openly hated one of them. So it was like What was the one you openly hated? Despicable Me Three. Yeah, okay. That was, openly that was hated Despicable Me Three. I mean that yeah, that's just a money grab for poor children who just don't know what they're watching. <laughs> yeah. And parents have to <laughs> An adults who had to yeah. suffer through it, even though it had I mean it has potential too. Like Park. the first Despicable Me was good. The first, the first two, two were good. Yeah. The first yeah, two were good. The first two was getting and, like, a little worse and you could see Trey it. Trey Parker doing a voice in it. I was like, Okay, I knew he didn't write it, but I'm like, All right. And then like it's just not good. <laughs> yeah, it, split, it's minions um, good let me put it that way <laughs> yeah but i think um yeah i, put, I think I, I had it like 21 but i still really liked it yeah. split like, ja- for me what put it in the top 10 was um i think james mcavoy's acting performance is incredible probably one of the best yeah. that i've ever seen in my life i cannot relate i mean i'm i don't know that's <laughs> that's hard to say but it's up there the way he was able to portray all those different personalities, the way like his mannerisms. Um, yeah. Don't want to take was, away from split. It was, it was just 21, phenomenal. but it was 21 and in I a year where like, there was 20 yeah. great fucking movies I put ahead of it. And, <laughs> and when I first watched it too, um, 
I kind of, towards the end, it started getting a little wild. And I was like, oh, man, here we go. Another fucking M. Night Shyamalan movie that just he's gone too far with. And so I significantly dropped after, like, you know, the last 20 minutes in my mind until he tied it in at the end with it being a secret sequel to Unbreakable. Then I was like, okay. That was fucking great. Putting it back up. Like, it's it's back up. I might have, like, been able to put it higher if I hadn't known when I was watching right, it yeah, that it was a sure. sequel to Unbreakable. But I totally knew. Because I was not going to touch that movie at the 10-foot pole until I heard it was a sequel to Unbreakable. I was like, oh, I want to watch that. Yeah. <laughs> James, uh, who's a... Uh, oh, man, I can't think of his... McAvoy? Yeah, James, well, James McAvoy. Who's the actor in uh, Django and then the... German guy, Jamie. Uh, oh, Christoph Chris Waltz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Chris Waltz. He is another actor with. Um, I think he's his dude. Inglorious his, his Bastards. It's like one of the best yeah, performances yeah. I've ever seen in Inglorious Bastards. I mean, anything it's he incredible. does. Yeah, like yeah, Inglorious Bastards better in my opinion than um, Django. But his mannerisms, like, yes, are just what make him absolutely phenomenal. Down to the way he's like pours his milk in Inglorious Bastards at the beginning. The way he yep. like. The way he, the way he like flawlessly switches between languages. Yeah, the way so he's good. just so personable, but yet so fucking yeah. evil. I mean, yeah. and even in Django, there's a scene in Django where he's like pouring a beer, and they're kind of like surrounded in the in a saloon or whatever in that small town. And the way he just like pours the beer, like and like he scoops off the head of the beer and like clicks the tool he used like on the side of the glass. Just every single little mannerism he does is like so incredibly precise and he was an end split though right oh no i'm just saying well (laughs) so james james mcavoy's performance in split as far as his mannerisms when he's playing like you know like like his female or like you know he plays like a he plays um a gay character at one point like uh, all these different personalities he he plays a child a woman like a rate like and And he just beast he just knows it literally the supernatural yeah. Um, which that's one that lost me i didn't I like didn't. the beast i mean i mean you know the, I thought beast, it is what it why, is. the beast is why he's formidable and unbreakable though. right but you know i thought it was interesting because he he actually like physically changed though because of the beast yeah and i thought yeah, that sure. was really interesting like going that step beyond just the multiple personality disorder yeah. to going to a place where he's actually physically changing himself. And see, that's where it originally lost me. I was like, okay, I'm super into like his personality disorder and stuff. And then when he physically changed and became like a superhuman, I was like, okay, now I'm fucking lost. Here's another M. Night Shyamalan movie. See, that, was, that was the twist then, that I liked though because I've seen well, I that like it other now. movie a yeah. lot. <laughs> I, I like it now because I know it's a sequel to Unbreakable, but say it was just a standalone movie and that's just yeah. how it ended, then I'd be like, oh, he, he just went too I, far. I, I but still, now that I know it's a sequel, okay, now it makes sense. Like, I will say that would have been a twist that would have put me on board though because I've seen that exact movie so many times. Like Raising Cain, it's like a John yeah, Lithgow true. movie yeah. in the 80s. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's been done that's a fair, lot. That's true. So the fact that like, but that's like Shyamalan's thing. He twists everything. Yeah. It was the fact that he had the twist on the twist. Like, yeah, there's this twist, but then also yeah. that twist yeah. leads to like there's it's two a secret twists. sequel. Definitely yeah. the king of twists, man. Like yeah, he he really <laughs> is. They're not all great, but no matter he, how he'll bad, always have them, no matter what. What's Lady of the Lake? No matter how bad or the water. I never saw that Lady one. It was oh. really fucking bad. Um, the village. Yeah, also bad no matter how bad those good. movies are he's still the undeniable king of twists <laughs> yeah there was a pretty good run of them i just tuned out on <laughs> lady of the lake the happening 
Avatar: The Last Airbender, terrible. <laughs> yeah. Which I hate because the animated series is phenomenal. Anybody out there listening, watch the animated series. What was Avatar, the Will Smith the one he did? Was it After Earth? Did he do uh, that one? I know they didn't put his name on it, but is that the Will Smith, Jaden Smith one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. After yeah. Earth. He, he directed just, After yeah. After Earth, and they kept his name off it because they were worried it would hurt the potential of the movie. And it was bad on its own. Yeah, it was bad, it was on, bad, its bad on its own, but it made money. Maybe it could have used which is it, why maybe, he was able to make sports. Maybe could have used one of his classic twists <laughs> to make it better. <laughs> <laughs> the twist was M. Night Shyamalan like directed it. Dude, I just don't like Jaden Smith, man. Like, keep. I mean, oh, he's a little punk. I just think. Wh- what like are you gonna like, fucking do, though? He still you looks like Will he's like Smith. twelve years old. Like, you have like Will Smith as your father. You're fucking balls deep in Scientology. Like, what are you gonna do, dude? A, a you're gonna un- be crazy. A little, crazy uh, is crazy. She gets less of the spotlight, but Willow Smith, she's actually re- like a really talented like singer like i've heard she can musician. whip her hair back and forth dude i, don't, I was listening to i was listening wow. to one song by her and i was like man this is a pretty cool fucking song like it's like a it was like a indie folk song like she has like a really cool raspy voice would have never in a million years guess it was her and it just said like the artist was like willow and i was like okay cool and then i think she mentions like jade name in it or, or jane's name in one of the songs so i'm like there's no fucking way this is willow smith and sure enough it was i think i liked the song less after i figured out it was willow smith but yeah Still good. Like she's more talented than Jaden as far as All right. All right. Number five. I got the big sick. Dude, the big sick is just a great movie. I'm not gonna suit like jump into it too much because if you guys want to, if you've seen it, cool. But I'm going to cover this in the next episode of Real Roulette because it came up, so I'm just gonna save thoughts to that. So I'll say like listen to the next Real Roulette whenever it comes out. But I really like the big sick. Number five for me. All right, my number five is one we've already covered. It's uh, Baby Driver. Okay. So you and I, or you had you had it at six, I had it at five. So yeah, so it's right around there. What what do you got at number? Um, five at number there? five, I got the Big Sick as well. Okay, um, you want to talk about it? Yeah. Um, great movie. Um, I think it's um. Produced by Judd Apatow, who is, I mean, we're talking about him, Shaman's a king of twist. Judd Apatow's a king of rom-com, like, but this movie is... Um, like bro-coms, kind of? <laughs> yeah, I mean, just, I mean, everything, any, like, good romantic comedy that's coming out in the last 10 years, Judd Apatow's probably had his name on it, like, 40-Year-Old Virgin, um, This Is 40, Knocked Up, The Big Sick. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but, uh, yeah, directed, directed, and also the lead actor, Kumal... New Nanji. New Nanji. Yeah. Um great, great movie. It, it it has a standard romantic comedy format, you know, boy meets girl, girl and boy get in a relationship, girl and boy have issues, girl and boy get back together, but man, it was like the way it was it But was, also girl goes into coma. Yeah, it was so sincere, <laughs> so genuine. Um Kumal's hilarious. He's in um uh, Silicon Valley, which he's yeah. also hilarious in. Um yeah, it was just a sincere, genuine, kind of just like like a... And it's like true a, life story, too. Yeah, no, and so that's what I was going to touch on is I didn't realize it was his true life story until after I saw the movie. I was yeah, like looking they, more and more into it, which... They tweak little things right. to fit the romantic comedy kind of like package that it needed to but be in, but his wife for in the real most life, part, it's true. And she wrote it with him. Yeah, yeah, she wrote it with him, and she actually did go in a coma, she, the, the whole thing, um, which I'm, I'm glad that I... 
didn't know that going in because it was a really unpredictable movie, like a lot of romantic comedies. And but had I known the story, I probably would have just read into it and just known, so it would have been predictable. It's, just, even even if but, you but know even it, yet, though, it's so, good, so yeah. well executed. It's so good. The chemistry between him and um, uh, who's the girl? Zoe Kazan, who plays Emily Gordon. The the chemistry is great with all the actors. Um, Bo Bo Burnham's in it, which I'm a huge fan of. Bo Burnham, he's, <laughs> he's hilarious. He doesn't play a huge role, but he's always funny. Um, no, yeah, it was great. It was a great movie. Okay, my number four, I got Lady Bird, which I just saw, so I'll give it a quick review. Um, so Lady Bird was like so good. It's got a ninety. We were talking about Rotten Tomatoes earlier. It's got a ninety nine on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. The one critic who voted against it was a total man's rights guy. Fuck uh, that guy. Yeah, they like yeah, they exposed a bunch of his reviews. And kind yeah, because when it first out, came so. out, it got a hundred percent, I think, and then that I mean that was a big news line, like hundred percent. I was like, oh my god, and then got dinged one. Yeah, so this is about a, a girl in high school. She's a senior in high school in 2003, I want to say. No, 2002. It's like 2002. She's a senior in high school. And it's a coming-of-age story. It seems simple, but like it's just like well-executed. Uh, Lori Metcalf plays her mother, who's like like her parents are definitely like older, like kind of grandparent age, but they had her... Um, and she just has vicious fights with her mother, like just fucking vicious fights. And they say like really awful things to each other, but they love each other too. Um, I thought it was, it really captured what it's like to be in high school, whether you're a boy or a girl. There was a character in there that I was just like watching. I was like, God damn it. That was exactly me in 2002, but older. <laughs> like she has a, like her second boyfriend was like exactly me. And I, I would say anybody who's in their 30s at, at least, you're going to walk out of that movie identifying with it on some level. Like, it's just fucking good. It knows what it's like to be young. It knows what it's like to be a parent. Like, it doesn't hang on tropes and, like, kind of depend on them. It more, like, tells a very personal story. But because it's such a personal story, you're going to find little elements that you'll relate to. Like, I really feel like it's universal because of its specificity, if that makes sense. Um, I just, it's really fucking good. It's well made. Check out Lady Bird. I know it's in theaters right now, so I I would check that one out. Yeah, I heard it's super good as well. I definitely want to go check it out. Yeah. What do you got at number four, Brandon? Number four, I got... The Lego Batman movie. Okay. <laughs> I love that movie so much. Like, the first time when I watched it in the theater, I was kind of tired going into it, so I actually fell asleep through part of it. But that was not at any fault due to the movie. Yeah. Because I, I bought it on Blu-ray when it came out, and I've watched it several times <laughs> since just because I love it so much. It... I think it's the best portrayal of Batman so far. <laughs> I agree. I actually agree. And I saw it twice. My daughter has seen it five times now. <laughs> so, how about you? What do you got at number four there, Mitch? All right. Well, my top four is splitting hairs pretty much here. Um, but I'm going to have to go with Star Wars, Last Jedi. Nice. Um, I wanted to put it in my top ten. I just couldn't crack it in my top ten. I think I had it at 12. Um, I mean, I feel like a lot of it, 
I have a lot of mixed feelings about it. Um, I mean, some of the things objectively that were just phenomenal and mind blowing were like visually, it's visually stunning. Um, I think uh, Daisy Ridley is an absolute star. She kills it. I absolutely love her as the, one of the leading characters. I feel like Adam Driver does a really good job. I mean, I'm becoming more and more of a fan of Adam Driver like every year. Um, and I feel like he do, he tops his performance in my opinion from the force awakens agreed um yeah. so i think that 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 aspect them developing ray and adam driver's character which i think is the most important aspect of the story they did the best job at it has one of the coolest fight scenes i think in any star wars movie that i can go back to man it might be dude i, th- I think i mean that throne room scene is impressive. there's a few pretty sick saber scenes on like the clone wars animated series that i might put up there but I, like any of the movies like it was phenomenally phenomenally choreographed um i had some mix, i did have some mixed feelings about luke other although i think mark camel um, put out his best acting performance of his career he did a really good job um however i i am I do have a bit of mixed mixed feelings but i put Star Wars in my top 10 because man i just anything that's star wars i love man i mean yeah. I'm even a big fan of the prequels, man. Give me fucking Christian Hay- Haydenson all day, man. Okay, you have been too much. <laughs> <laughs> no. And you're gone. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man, I'm telling you, anything no, Star just... Wars, dude, fucking the animated series, Rebels, those uh, those are Clone Wars animated series before the Cartoon Network one that I was super into. The holiday specials. No, yeah, yeah. The holiday specials, if you haven't watched it, it's available on YouTube. I mean, I recommend maybe doing some psychedelics. Might make it a little more enjoyable. It's Palatable. fucking crazy. I think it's called like um, like Star Wars. Um, the holiday special. Yeah, the holiday special. But oh yeah, it's called like Life Day. They're celebrating Life yeah. Day, which is yeah, meant yeah. to be like Christmas, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, on it's weird. <laughs> Whatever the, the Chewbacca's planet is. <laughs> okay. Yeah, uh, that's pretty good. We actually have Chewbacca live in here. <laughs> At number three, I got Logan. Uh, specifically, I got the black and white version of Logan. Dude, th- did I just break your list, Brandon? You, like, uh, like I'm writing like honorable mentions just because <laughs> I fucking forgot some of the shit I've seen this year. Yeah, I was very thorough with my list to make sure. Like, Logan... Okay, this is how you know that I fucking put my list together, uh... Like, I, I was very adamant about my list. Logan came out, like, January, I think. And I fucking... Yeah, January, February, yeah. Yeah, and uh, it was fucking phenomenal. I cried twice during it. It was so good. Then, like, Jeremiah lent me the Blu-ray and watch it in black and white. Black and, and it's white, even yeah. better in black and white, the way they light it. I've said so much about it already over the year. But if you haven't seen Logan yet, you don't even have to be a superhero fan. Just fucking check it out. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah, that movie's fucking great. What do you got at number three? Number three, I got Spider-Man Homecoming. Okay. Like, I really enjoyed it. And I think it was the first time we've seen Spider-Man where he belongs. In high school? Like, well, really in no, high school? No, but like, yeah. the one scene that I re- like really grasp onto it was where he's like riding on the subway through New York. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I fair. like... That is like that could be 
any issue of Spider-Man I've ever read. Yeah. You could see that, and that is where that character lives. They really are, like, writing stuff they see out their window when they do Spider-Man often in New York, so... So, I mean, it was, I think, because a lot of the Spider-Mans we've seen in the big screen, it's the big New York... But it's Spider-Man, and this is like yeah, I love that, like, Bronx, in, New York, in, in where Queens. it's yeah. or Queens, yeah. yeah. I love that, and it's just it's so dirty but clean, and it's just that's where Spider-Man lives, and I think it was the first time we've really seen that. And I fucking love how it wasn't an origin story, like yeah, <laughs> yeah. we all know what God happens, damn. man. If I have to sit through another forty-five minutes to start a movie. Jeez, man. But yeah, I love that. And then, um, yeah, uh, I'm like so said, fearful when this deal <laughs> between MCU and uh, Sony ends. It's a six picture deal. They're like, what, two pictures in? Two pictures it now? in. I'm so afraid when it's over, they're just going to do another origin story. <laughs> God, fuck no. <laughs> There's no, no way. What, what was the first one? They had, they had, they had this one. Then was it? Civil War. Civil War. Oh, the right. Captain oh, America right. one, yeah. I don't think, I mean, I think if they did another origin story, it would fuck up the entire whole MCU that they had going on. However. Oh, no, no, no. That's what I'm saying. When they're done with their contract. They're like, we're going to reboot this again. Right, but then they'll have to reboot. Origin story three. But then they'll have to reboot the whole MCU. <laughs> nope, nope. No. So Sony still owns Spider-Man. Right. Um, but now that Spider-Man's have, part of the MCU. They have a deal with the MCU to share Spider-Man. So MCU gets him for three movies. They did uh, Civil War already. They're doing Infinity War with Spider-Man. And then they're doing Untitled Avengers 4, whatever that winds up being. Then you have like Homecoming is the first one for Sony. And then the two the sequels, other two, yeah, yeah the, the two sequels to it. But I just once like- all of those six are done, they can either renegotiate a contract to keep Spider-Man in the MCU or it's just Sony's. But you think they'll just MCU will just abandon like what's canon now, like and just be like, oh well, we don't have contracts, so we'll just. Redo I think it. if they have to contractually, they'll just not have Spider Man in the movies. Right? Yeah. I, yeah. I think they just won't have Spider Man. It's in like the only property they don't yeah. own at this point. However, for Marvel. Um, I saw a theory, a uh, pretty interesting fan theory about um, after the second Infinity War because they already, I think. They, well, so it was originally no, Infinity, Infinity War one and two, but now they haven't Gauntlet now. Now they said they're not releasing the title, the fourth one, until after Infinity. But didn't they War. already release it to Infinity Gauntlet? It's like no. Avengers Infinity. Gauntlet. No. Anyways, a theory that now that Thanos has like a like a reality altering stone, to where like if they wanted to, they're able to just completely reboot everything, do a whole other phase. And just, I mean, they'll just they'll get. Well, the they've said like, Phase Four is going to be very different now that they have the X Men and the Fantastic Four. Right. So, like, it could be pretty believable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, and then it could still stay canon because, like, oh, well, Thanos used the reality altering stone, and now we have like these new set of like we could redo all these fucking origin stories again. Get all your money. Yeah, I don't think Marvel wants to redo origin stories, though. I really don't. Well, no. it might not be a proper origin story, but they could redo like actual characters. Like they don't like it wouldn't have to be. You know, like, because um, I know um, uh, Robert Downey Jr. is coming to an end with Iron Man. He's not going to do a favor. So they're, they're going to be able to have a new Iron you Man, have, a new Captain like, America. You have um, Don Cheadle waiting in the wings, who yeah. uh, Brody eventually took over Iron Man for a little bit. Like, you have Chris Evans' contract ends, but then you have um, the Bucky. Falcon, who took over for him for a while. You have 
Bucky who took over from Oh, yeah, Bucky. So you have options sitting there to take over that mantle if they want to. But I feel like MCU at this point, they can spin every character into gold as long as it's done well. So I don't know that they feel like they have to like... Which I definitely, um, I will say, I definitely think, I mean, they're, they're, they've really started to find. And now they got Wolverine and Professor X and fucking like the Fantastic Four and shit. Like, I don't feel like they're going to feel the need. Yeah. Now that they have so much more material that they can run with. Yeah. And they've, I feel like they've really been fine tuning the movies over the past two years. I mean, they've got it down. They know what the audience wants. Yeah. They know how to hit the mark on every aspect. And uh, yeah, another aspect I'll touch on with Spider-Man is I like how small scale it was. Like it wasn't like. Man, I'm just so sick. Like the other Sp- Spider-Man movies, every single movie had to do with some like world-altering, world-ending, or at least plot, like New York being, destroyed. or at least New York being destroyed. It's like, man, I'm so sick of it. How many times do you have to destroy a city? Like, how did you rebuild it so fast? Like, I'm, <laughs> like you know, like I love how like small scale it was. You know, like it's just just like a comic book would be. Not every single comic book arc you would read was like fucking world-destroying. You know, it's like it's just a cool like cool story to throw in there. Like fight a villain, beat him, like. Yeah. What do you got at number three there, Mitch? Number three, I'm gonna go Thor Ragnarok. Okay. Um, Any more to say about it, or was it all said? Man, I will say, um, it was probably the funniest movie I've seen of 2017. Yeah, that's and fair. I think that, I think it I was think, the funniest. I've I think seen we're in too. the golden age of action movies, superhero movies, but man, the comedy is just gone. I cannot think of one comedy in recent memory. And maybe there's something I'm not thinking of. If you guys can think of one, Lego Batman movie is pretty. Okay, and I haven't seen Lego Batman movie, which I heard. But but Thor Ragnarok, I think, might have been funnier. But even Thor Ragnarok, like that's not even a comedy movie. Like you're not like, oh, I'm going to a comedy tonight. I'm going to see Thor Thor Ragnarok, and it happened to be funnier than any comedy I've seen in the last two years. Like there's just comedy is coming out that's just shit. You know, I think I think the second funniest movie I saw this year was like the one with Will Ferrell, the casino one. Oh Which, yeah, I won't say that was really funny, dude. I fucking like, forgot somehow I missed that. I didn't put that on my list. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely not a top ten. <laughs> There's another but, one. It wouldn't have made my top ten. But, but I mean, there's another one. Going in knowing it's going to be a shit movie, you you'll get some laughs out of it, and it's like it, like it is what it is. What but. the fuck was that called? It was like the I'm sure it's something called casino. The casino. I don't know. Uh, no, I don't think that's <sighs> it. But anyways, an- another thing I'll say too. Um, Oh, was it like Casino Night or no, oh, no? Fuck! What was it? It was really funny though. I like didn't. good R-rated comedy. Jason Manzukis is in yeah, it. yeah. Um, and it was a good R. It was it was a good R-rated comedy. It was what it was. But no, um, um, Taiki Waititi. I'm probably butchering his name. Taiki Waititi. He I think. is. First of all, I was surprised when I saw that he got chosen as a director for this movie because the other movies he's done are just hilarious what yes. we do in the shadows if you watch the movie it's brilliant tiger versus so shark funny great uh yeah <laughs> um and then hunt for the wilder people that one is just i mean what we do in the shadows kind of like silly play on like vampires and stuff but what, and he directed some flight of the concords episodes yeah too. yeah and he, he acts in some of them too and he was also one of the leading role in what we do in the shadows but hunt for the wilder people is objectively one, maybe one of my top 20 movies I've ever seen. It's so good. So funny. Like, it's hilarious. And I just love a New Zealand accent, man. Like, yeah, and if you if you like Thor Ragnarok, there's no reason why you shouldn't check out what we do in the shadows. Like, yeah, it's so it's fucking so funny. funny. It's so funny. Um, but yeah, again, just colorful movie. Um, Chris Hemsworth, man, another one I love. I love him, man. He's great. All right. My number two movie the Disaster Artist also saw this the other night, the night after Lady Bird, and uh, 
It's so fucking good, dude. It's so funny throughout. James Franco does such a great job at just playing a fucking weird, like, odd job. And, uh, I mean, he's obviously playing Tommy Wiseau, who does The Room. If you've ever seen The Room, it's known as the the Citizen Kane of bad movies. And it really (laughs) is, dude. It's so funny. But he's able to bring a humanity to it, too, that's, like, kind of surprising. Uh, his brother Dave Franco is playing um, Greg Sistero, who actually wrote the book and served as a producer on the movie and all this. But you fucking, you really, they take in like what a fucking weird, bizarre mystery Tommy Wiseau is, but then just like kind of hint at some of his reasoning, but never really pay it off. Like he might have had homosexual tendencies they don't really pay it off he's definitely not from new orleans they don't pay off where he's actually from he fucking gets money mysteriously they don't pay off like why he gets some money but that's not what's really important in this movie what's really important is that you have these two people who want to act so bad and are just cast off by hollywood so they do this crazy fucking movie and it, against all odds it winds up working out but um i having not knowing what's coming down the pike or what you know people are going to gravitate towards right now the best scene that i've like the best acting i've seen in a movie so far is this one scene with james franco where it's after the room is playing and everybody is watching at the premiere night and just fucking laughing so hard it starts out awkward and then people just start laughing once the floodgates go they just keep laughing and laughing and James Franco uh, playing, or Tommy Wiseau, like comes out of the theater, and Greg's sister is like following him, and he's just fucking, he's broken down and he's crying because like they're laughing at, at his, like he he really thinks this is a masterpiece, yeah right, like he really thinks this is gonna be like a Tennessee Williams pl- style play or something, and he can't believe that people are laughing at him and mocking him. And he's fine. He's just breaking down about it. And Greg's sister was like, go into the theater for a second. He walks in. He's like, look at this. Because he keeps comparing himself to Alfred Hitchcock for how he would shock his actors and stuff. He's also a total fucking dick to his actors <laughs> while they're filming it. But he goes out there and he's like, did Alfred Hitchcock ever get a response to this? And you just see people are just fucking doubled over in laughter and just loving it. And then they start chanting his name and you just see him like suddenly make that turn and have his triumphant moment. And then they start chanting his name and he goes up and he's like, thank you. I intended this movie to be a comedy, which is exactly something Tommy Wiseau would say. It's so fucking crazy and weird to say, but this movie was so good. I really recommend it. If you love, if you love bad movies, you should see it because it gives you some insight into this bad movies. Um, If you love, movies about movies this is a great fucking movie like it just really celebrates like the great things about movies and uh i i just fucking love this and in a normal year it would be my number one but it's not this year but it's still so fucking good and i think it's got a real shot to take home some oscar gold especially like james franco i think i think he's the statuette is his to lose at this point okay go ahead brandon so number two. my number two, I'm going to guess is your number one. Okay. And that's Get Out. I'm not going to reveal yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought it was so well done. And like it, it really like kept me guessing and just like 
trying to pull in everything from the movie from beginning to end. Um, they did such a great job. I mean, the story was kind of fringeworthy, but they did a really good job of keeping it all together and did a really good job of whatever was on the film did a really good job of paying off towards the end. Um, so I thought it was really great. I thought it was a really interesting look on racism and not so much classic racism, but more modern racism, if you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah, microaggressions. Yeah. yeah. So I thought it was really interesting, and I thought it was really well done. What do you got for number two there, Mitch? Uh, for number two, I got Logan, which um, was back and forth with Thor. Um, it could have went, went either way, but I'm a sucker for tearjerkers, so um, that's why I'm with Logan. Yeah, again, just phenomenal movie. I knew going into it that it was rated R, but you know, I was kind of thinking, like, okay, you know, maybe um, Hugh Jackson's going to throw a few more f words out there, maybe um, you know. But I think the the opening scene where you know he cuts off this gangster's hand, I was like, I gasped, like fuck, like oh my, like oh my god, like I was expecting. I I really wasn't a huge fan of the other like the previous Wolverine movies. I mean they're they're okay. Um, but th- this transcends. This like, one was like I mean yeah it's nothing just superhero. And another thing too is it, if you haven't seen the first Wolverine movies, you don't need to see it at all. It, it has no. nothing to do with the storylines and um, just com- completely its own entity. Um, the chemistry, the father daughter chemistry he had with um, I, I can't think of the young actress's name who played X twenty three, but she did a great job in the movie. Uh, man, it was, it was sad. It was super unpredictable. I, I, another movie too. I think is kind of like, again, a little more like small scale. Not not maybe quite as small scale as like like Spider Man or maybe was, but um, like it wasn't any crazy like world. Like the world's gonna end. It was just like man, the man like Logan's towards the end of his days. These people are trying to kill this girl. He's you know develops a father daughter bond with her. He's just getting through life. I mean coming. Coming to terms with his own mortality, um, mortality and morality, um, you know, the things that he's done in his life, you know, coming to terms with, with all that. Just a really, really, really great story. It was written well. Hugh Jackman's best performance in any X-Men movie, hands down. It's not not even close. Um, the fight scenes were amazing. Hard R, like really gory, really, really bloody. Um, yeah, all in all, overall great, great movie. One of my favorite superhero movies I've ever seen. Nice, nice. All right, my number one movie. Are you ready for this? Because we're on the number one, so it's got to be a big reveal. (laughs) Is that a drum roll? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) My number one movie was Taylor Swift's concert film. Dude, it's so good, guys. Let me talk about Taylor Swift for like. Even I I, I don't think I can wrap this up in twenty minutes. So let me (laughs) just let me just start with the opening credits. When they play, uh, I don't know what Taylor says. All right, I'm lying. It's Get Out. Get Out's fucking good. I don't know what to say about it that I haven't said on the podcast yet, but I do. I do want to emphasize that, like, this is a movie you're gonna want to rewatch. And if you haven't rewatched it yet, you should really fucking rewatch it because it's even Absolutely. better on the second yeah. watch with the little things that they, just the little fucking details that you will pick up that they throw into the movie that all leads you to support what's actually happening, the crazy shit that's happening in this movie. But like you can't possibly figure it out 
unless somebody tells you yeah. there's just no way but man there is things that support it every step of the way and the way that it talks about race relations if this doesn't take home a statuette at least for best screenplay it's fucking injustice man this is a great movie so get out what do you got at number one brandon my number one is Thor Ragnarok. Nice. I fucking love that movie. Like, I had so much fun going into that Far and movie. away the funnest movie on my list. <laughs> like, it was what made me love going to the movies. Like, getting a bucket of popcorn and just watching it fucking... There were, t- there were times that were serious. There were times that just fucking doubled over laughter it was great i mean it was it was so much fun like and i mean just i just was thinking like and i there are some movies i missed on my list but none just like i want to watch that three more times today (laughs) what do you got mitch for number one my number one is also going to be get out i mean just really yeah all in all just objectively a great movie. Um, again, just everything it touches on. Just, I mean, it's a, it's a comedy thriller, horror, like at face value, a deeper value. It touches on aspects of, of racism that's hidden in like peculiar envy, um, peculiar envies. Like you're saying, like microtransactions. Like you know, people th- things people don't. Think oh, about. microaggressions. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> microtransactions. <laughs> well, that is like, too. <laughs> no, <I'm sorry>. Is <laughs> like Superman three yeah. virus kind of stuff. <laughs> hey. <laughs> We're just rounding. Oh, yeah, um, uh, microaggressions. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Just all around great, great movie. I think. Um, I think they spent like three million dollars to make it, or something like that. Jordan Bill, and I mean, obviously, I think. I think opening. I'm not sure if it's opening weekend or overall. It's like, dude, it, like a, it like, broke a hundred million. Yeah, yeah, it broke a hundred million. So, <laughs> so that's impressive which is, for which a movie crazy, with a yeah. five million dollar budget. Yeah, yeah that's so, pretty yeah, impressive. Crazy. And. Um, and it's still being talked about in Oscar yeah. season, and it came out in February. And, and and the acting was great. Daniel Kaluuya, the main, the the lead actor, um, he's in. I first saw him in a Black Mirror, and which he's also great. It's phenomenal show. You should check that out. Um, but yeah, the acting's great. It's written great. It's funny. It has a comedic relief you want. It's scary to kind of keep you on the edge of your seats. It's a satisfying movie. I feel. I feel like. Yeah. I love crowd pleasing end. It's it's a, it, yeah, it's crowd pleasing, but he still managed a way to do it in such an artistic. Yeah, it still makes his point. Way. Still yeah. ma- mm-hmm. like drives home his point, but For still sure. makes it crowd pleasing. There is an alternate ending. Have you seen Have you seen the alternate ending? No, but I've heard him say what it was. Which I like the regular ending. Uh, Should we just? Spoil- we'll just say spoilers really quick. If if you haven't seen Get Out yet, which fucking watch it. Yeah, but- um, I will. So in the. In the director's cut or, or the the theatrical version, um, he his friend picks him up um, in like a TSA car. It's like a cop car, and like he's the main and his girlfriend is one of the main antagonists. Is like one of the last ones of the family left or whatever, and she it's like strangling her or something. I don't know. So she she thinks oh like like a cop's come like to save me like this white rural neighborhood like everything's good and it ends up being like his um. His good friend who went out to find him, rescue him from the That's the actual ending, dude. Yeah. That's not No, no, yeah. Alternate. Well, yeah, so I'm saying <laughs> so I'm saying how the actual one ended. Right. Oh, so okay. then they drive off in to leave her to die. In the alternate ending, it actually ends up being a police car. It's not his friend Chris, so it's an actual police officer. 
Yeah. And then he just sees this black guy on top of a white girl and and then a bunch of like wealthy, well known families members dead and then he just ends up Yeah, taking She ends out. up yeah, she ends up living and he ends up just being taken to jail. Yeah, and uh Which I like the one where he and, and what's, what's great about it is when you watch it, the whole audience feels it. Like when you see yeah. headlights, you can just feel yeah. the temperature in the room drop and everybody going, oh. Yeah, exactly. And that's why and I like And when you see it's like the TSA endings. agent, yeah. you're like, yeah, because everybody got the point. That's the thing. Everybody yeah. got the point and got yeah. their medicine, but then you do that twist at the end, you still enjoy it. And yeah, that's exactly. yeah. that's what makes it like one of the many things that makes that such a great movie. Like it's just, God, it's a fucking great movie. But I said, we're going to do honorable mentions. I fucking lied. Cause we're an hour and a half in. So we're going to end this <laughs> shit. So you're just going to have to guess. But if you ever want to come back on, we can talk about other movies anytime you want, Mitch. <laughs> yeah, all man. Of, all of my honorable mentions we talked about during this top did, 10 list. Did we? <laughs> Yeah, I had I didn't I purposely didn't do honorable mentions because every time we've done any kind of top five or top ten list, it's a super long podcast. So I was just <laughs> like, I'm not gonna worry. Yeah. <laughs> but uh take it easy. Movies with Restless? Green Lantern's Light? ASL Adventures? In a Dimensional Exchange Association? Is this yours? No, your I- Your mother said she found them on your phone. I don't know, a guy must, must have- Must have what? Look, Dad, they're not mine. Alien Movie Project? We Had a Good Life? Montucky Skies? Real Roulette? Where'd you get it? Dad- Answer me. Who taught you how to listen to this stuff? You alright? I learned it by watching you! Parents that use podcasts have children that use podcasts. Brought to you by the partnership of the Not Safer Network.